Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the One Word Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Iron Petrie, and I am so delighted that you chose to take the time out of your day to join me on this particular podcast. Listen, if you don't mind, if you're a member of Christ Nation's Church, a part of our family, both near or far, go ahead and share this with your family, your friends, people that you believe can benefit from hearing the Word of God this Friday midday, kind of a Friday midday Bible study, if you would. Uh, and I know some of you, like I said, you're in different places in your life right now and maybe at work, on lunch break, wherever you are in your car. But share this with family, friends when you get the chance um, to edify them because I believe that what we're going to get into today and actually what we're going to, I guess I should say what we're going to start today, I think is going to be extremely beneficial to your life. It's going to bless your heart, bless your life wherever you find yourself. And so once again, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. And without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into this today because I, I'm excited. I'm excited about what I have to share. And, and as I said, I'm probably going to stay on this subject that we're going to start today for a while. Uh, and one of the reasons I'm going to stay on it for a while is because it deserves attention and it deserves time. Uh, there are certain things in the Word of God that you have to give time to. You can't really, you can't microwave your understanding of them. You can't, um, you can't just kind of have this instant, um, quick grasp of the whole thing enough to be able to really execute in obedience and live it out in your life. And so we're going to take some time on this particular subject, and uh, I believe, like I said, it's going to be a blessing to you. So we're going to start talking about finding or discovering your assignment in life, God's assignment for you. Um, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart probably the beginning of, uh, actually, last year, um, and began to minister to me out of this subject, and I, I ministered to our church, and uh, right when we were going through our transition in which I was taking over as the pastor and being and put in the pastorate, and my brother was stepping aside to do some other things and move into another aspect of his calling and ministry, um, the Spirit of God spoke this to my heart and wanted me to really focus on this for a while, and so I ministered it to the church, and it seems good to the Holy, Holy Spirit to minister it again to you. Uh, because, like I said, once again, it deserves a, a lot of attention. Your assignment. What is your assignment? This is so important because this takes us, uh, when you understand that your life is not just a life, that you're not just here wasting time, uh, you're not trying to figure things out and just, just existing, but that your life has purpose and that God has an assignment for you, it takes you from <clears throat> the, the pediatrics of your faith and it moves you into this, uh, almost this PhD level of understanding what all of this is about. Because it's the invitation into blessing, it's the invitation out of mediocrity, it's the invitation into, into a life of influence and a life of effectiveness and a life of impact. And it's not just concerning your own personal aggrandizement or your own personal elevation. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you'll notice in Scripture, every person that accepted their assignment from God, the rest of the book that is written that bears their name, <laughs> it's pretty exciting, okay? Nobody accepted God's assignment and lived a mediocre life. Nobody has ever accepted God's plan for them and lived a less than fulfilling or a less than impactful life. God invites us with his purpose and his plan into effective living. 
He, he invites us into a life that is fruitful, that is multiplied, that blesses, that causes influence to be exerted for his kingdom and for the advancement of his name and his purpose in the earth. And so when we talk about your assignment from God, we're talking about an invitation into a very effective life and a very impactful life. And so let's get into this, because I believe all of this starts with us understanding a very simple truth about redemption. Very simple truth. And like I say, we could make redemption a subject in and of itself, but we're going to just touch on something that I think is very apropos to the subject matter of, of your assignment and your purpose concerning redemption. And uh, I want to use as a foundational text uh, Titus chapter 2, verse number 14. And so if you have your time, uh, you can go back and read these verses of Scripture that I introduce on this podcast today and just meditate on them in your own time and in your own way. But I want to introduce this to you here first. It says, speaking of Jesus, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Once again, look at what it says. It says, he gave himself that he might redeem us from iniquity and to purify us unto himself, to make us a peculiar people that were zealous for good works or for doing good. Right? So now, let's look at this, because this, this is so important, because this is where we should start. Redemption. When you talk about something being redeemed, the word redeem is actually an economic term. Uh, it's actually a term uh, that we, we execute this on a daily basis in our lives, but we don't use the word redeem. We just say we went and bought something. We went and purchased something. But when we go to the store and we buy clothing, we buy food, we do any of those things, we are redeeming things. And so to redeem literally means to transfer ownership by purchase, to transfer ownership by paying a price. And so when you pay for the clothing, when you pay for the groceries, you transfer ownership from the owner of the store and the, 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 the business into your ownership, right? It becomes yours now to do with what you want to do with it. And so this is the essence of all redemption. It is, I'm going to pay a price to transfer something from the ownership of another into my own. So when Jesus gave himself as our ransom, as our redemption, he was paying the price to transfer ownership from someone else to himself. So evidently, we belonged to someone else. Now, we know according to Scripture, like I say, we could get into redemption, and it's a whole other subject, but we belonged to Satan. We were under the power of the enemy. We were under the power of Satan. That's what the Bible says in Colossians 1, I believe it's 12 through 14. It talks about us being translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. There had to be a purchase made. There had to be a price paid for the transference of ownership. But since that price has been paid by Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us, we have been transferred, hallelujah, out of the ownership of Satan into the ownership of our Father God. Now, that's good news in and of itself because that lets me know now any actions of Satan are trespasses because I don't belong to him anymore. <laughs> I'm not his anymore. I belong to God. I am under his ownership. I am under his jurisdiction. So now... 
We see here, therefore, then a transfer is taking place. I've been redeemed from sin. I've been redeemed from iniquity. I've been redeemed from all the works of Satan and his authority. And now I've been transferred under the ownership and into the care of the Father. But now, redemption doesn't just stop there because we're, we're very good at teaching what we're redeemed from. But there's also a second panel to our redemption that we very rarely visit. We're not only redeemed from, but according to this verse of Scripture and other places we're going to look at, we're also redeemed for. We're redeemed from something, and we're redeemed for something. So I've been redeemed from the power of the enemy, but I've been redeemed for these good works. I've been redeemed for a purpose. And the same is true practically in our everyday lives. You walk into the store, purpose always precedes a purchase. I'm going to say that again because you need to grasp that with with, with your heart and with your, your understanding. Purpose always precedes a purchase. Nobody goes and spends money and purchases anything without a pre-existing, predetermined purpose for that thing. So in essence, their willingness to pay for something is proof that they have an idea, (laughs) right? They've got an idea about what they want to use that something for. You don't purchase the car to just let it sit in the driveway. You don't purchase the groceries to just let them sit in the refrigerator on the shelf. You've got a plan in mind. You've got a, you've got a meal in mind. You've got something you're going to bake, fry, grill. You've got something you're about to perform with what you purchased. And so purpose always precedes purchase. So when Jesus gave himself for us to purchase us, he didn't just transfer ownership out of the hand of the enemy into his own ownership, just redeeming us from sin from iniquity, from the devil, but he also redeemed us because evidently the Father's got a plan. And God has a plan and an assignment for his purchase. So I want you to sit with that for just a moment. Maybe you've never thought about it this way before, and I want you to sit with this for a moment. You were redeemed for a reason. Not just not, not just from Satan, not just from sin, not just, not just because he loves you only. Yes, he does. His love is beyond question, all right? But no, he redeemed you for good works, for a purpose, for something that he ordained. So he didn't mean for you to get saved and just sit. He didn't mean for you to get saved and settle. He didn't mean for you to get saved and just, uh, like they do in basketball, just hold a ball and run out the clock, (laughs) you know, until you pass away and you go see him in heaven. No, no. He redeemed you for eternal purpose. So there is an assignment on every single life, yours included. There is an assignment upon every single life. If there was no assignment, he wouldn't have paid the price. And so the Father redeemed us not just out of his love to rescue us from Satan and to destroy his works, 
But he also redeemed us because pre-existing, evidently before the foundation of the world, was a plan the Father had that he redeemed us and, and he purchased us to be able to live out that original idea, that original plan. See, God had a plan that was lost as a result of Adam's sin. Satan became, became Adam's overlord or man's overlord, so God had to pay a price to get him back, and he got him back to now do the original, <clears throat> the original plan and the original purpose. So now let's look at this in, in Scripture, and let's establish this here, because I think it's important to do so in our thinking. I want to visit uh, three witnesses that speak to us concerning predetermined purpose. Uh, and one is found in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, a very familiar passage of Scripture everybody knows, um, but I won't take it for granted that you do, so we're going to read it. It says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, this is God speaking to Jeremiah the prophet and letting him know that before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. Now, think about that. Before conception, before anybody got together, before mom and dad came together, Jeremiah, I had already known you. So that speaks of predetermination. That speaks of predetermined purpose. That speaks that I had a, I had a plan. I had an assignment for you even before the form, right? And so I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Let's go to our next witness, and it's found in the New Testament, and I love going to the New Testament to, to prove these things because that's where we live, amen? Uh, and it's in Galatians chapter 1. This is the Apostle Paul, Galatians chapter 1 and verses 15 and 16. It says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Now listen to what this man says. He says, I was separated from my mother's womb and called by his grace to reveal, for him to reveal his son in me, that I might preach Jesus among the heathen. And we know Paul's assignment was to the Gentile world. <clears throat> my voice is going to obey here in a minute. <clears throat> I don't know why it's starting to trouble me right now. But it says here, he was called to preach, of course, to the Gentile world. So, you know, he was sent to the heathen world, and that was his assignment. Now, what I find interesting here in this text is that Paul says he was separated from his mother's womb. And you and I both know when we pick up Paul's story in the gospel and in the word of God, he is doing anything but revealing the son. Paul is persecuting, terrorizing the church gathering people up, going into homes, laying waste of the church, ravaging the church. <laughs> I mean, he is, doing, he is doing the most, as they say, in the direct opposite of what he said he was separated from his mother's womb to do. So evidently, somewhere along the way, Paul uh, became aware that his calling was predetermined. But he was not living that predetermined call when we find him in Scripture in the book of Acts. He's going the direct opposite direction. And all of us, can, we can really be going in the opposite direction of what God predetermined for us to do. And just like Paul, it's hard to kick against the pricks when you're going in the opposite direction of God's eternal assignment for your life. Man, that's good to me. Now the next witness, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10. This will serve as a witness to you as well. <clears throat> it says, For we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus 
unto good works. There are those good works again that Titus was talking about at the beginning. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Hmm. So God has before ordained some things that he wants me to walk in. So now if I take Ephesians 2.10, Galatians 1.15 and 16, if I take Jeremiah 1 and 5, if I take Titus 2 and 14, and that's just, that's just four witnesses. That's just going a step above. That's being an overachiever, right? <laughs> the Bible says two or three witnesses. But taking four witnesses, and we could go even further than that, but we don't have time on this podcast to do so, we see here a consensus. We have a precedent. We have a precedent that tells us then that man has a predetermined purpose from God, that there is an assignment for his life. There's an assignment on your life and my life that I'm not just here trying to figure it out, but there is something the Father wants me to do. And discovering this assignment for my life means everything when it comes to this life. It means everything for me. It means everything. Because if I live this life and I don't ever do the thing that God called me to do, told me to do, assigned for me to do, then I never really truly, I never really truly know who I am. I never really truly find out my, just what potential, what's in me. I, I, I never know it. I'll never discover it. You know, when we were in sin, the scripture describes us as slaves, and we really were. We, we were. we were slaves to sin. You may think you were doing what you wanted to do when you were out in the world, but you were not. You were doing whatever the devil wanted you to do, and you were doing whatever your flesh was prompting you to do, which Satan influenced quite heavily in your thought life. He, he was leading you by the nose. <laughs> Trust me. And some of us, we were led by Satan to do a lot of crazy things that we, we're not proud of to this very day, but thank God we're redeemed, and, and that was another person. But when you were in sin, you were a slave to sin. You were a slave under a taskmaster that drove you night and day. Now, when you're a slave, you're living or existing in a life in which your potentiality, what you can be, what you can do, is completely forfeited. Because you exist to do the pleasure of the master that's over you. You exist to perform the task that the master gives you. You cannot explore who you are. You cannot discover who you are. You have no identity. You have no ability to explore what God has given you because you're now living completely at the behest of a master right? And so you forfeit all potential. And this is what sin did to all of us. And this is why Jesus redeemed us. Because until you're redeemed, you can never, ever know who you really are. You can never, ever really know what you have in you. You don't know the gifts, the callings, the endowments, the graces of God for your life and what he originally intended for you as long as you were a slave under sin. And here's the thing about the devil. You remember, and uh, I believe it's Matthew chapter 4, when he is tempting Jesus, and Jesus is in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. 
And he says in one of his temptations to Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, he shows him the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them in a moment. He says, and if you bow down and worship me, I'll give them to you because they've been delivered unto me and I can give them to whosoever I will. He said, I'll, I'll give it to whosoever I will. But there's one little price. You got to bow down and worship me. And, and we see here, Satan is willing, <laughs> at least to promise it anyway, whether he'd follow through on it or not, who knows. But Satan is willing to make rich someone as long as they will not walk out their assignment. I want you to sit with that for a moment because I'm about to move into something that very rarely people talk about. Satan will throw everything in the world at you to get you to forfeit who you are. And you've seen this. You've seen this in the world system. You've seen it in celebrities. You've seen it in people who become extremely famous. And it's a prison. It's a prison for them. And they, 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 they loathe it. You, you see them on the big screen, on the silver screen, and you think, man, they're just wonderful. And they can't, some of them can't stand it because they've been made famous for something they're not. They've been made famous for something that goes against who they really are. So they live their entire life saying, yeah, people scream my name, but nobody knows me. I live my entire life unknown. I visit the planet. I come to this earth. I live out this earth, and I live a life that most people envy, but nobody knows who I am. There is no real realization of, of who I am as a person because I live in this, this idea <laughs> that people have of me because of the fame and the fortune. And so Satan is willing to entice us into forfeiting who we are. He is willing to entice us and allure us into forfeiting who we really are because he knows, man, we all want things, right? Everybody wants stuff. We all want things. And so when you want something, you look for avenues to get something that you want. Well, Satan comes along and says, here's an avenue. I'm going to give you a main strip right here. This is an avenue for you to get what you want. And if you will take this avenue, you will get what you want, only to get it and realize it came at the cost of me not being who I was created to be. So here, here Satan was offering to Jesus in Matthew 4 this alternative to say, oh, you, 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 you're sent to redeem and, and you're the son of the living God, but, but I could give you all the kingdoms of the world. Now, now, what do we know about Jesus' inheritance when Jesus rises from the dead? What does he say? He says, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So the earth was going to become his through the plan of redemption anyway. He was appointed, according to Hebrews, the heir of the world, right? So he's the heir of all things. So all of this belongs to him. So Jesus was going to be the heir of heaven and earth and of all things anyway. But here is Satan trying to offer him an alternative path to get to what he was going to have anyway. And can I tell you that in God's assignment for your life, anything your flesh, anything that you're, 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 the devil's trying to pressure you to compromise to gain, anything he's trying to pressure you to compromise to achieve, I'm telling you, the fulfillment that will come from doing God's eternal assignment for your life is going to bring everything you could ever want without the sorrow. Because the blessing of the Lord makes rich and doesn't add the sorrow. 
You see, the assignment of God leads you into an impactful, effective life without the sorrow. But you're going to have to be faithful, and you're going to have to have some courage to walk out that assignment because it's not the way the world does it. It just is not. It will never be the way the world does it. The world will have a million different things. Satan will have a whole, he'll have a whole buffet of things <laughs> you can choose from to, to find what you want in life, to find the fulfillment and the impact you want in life. And he'll say, oh, you could do this, you could do that, you could do this, you could do that. But then there is this assignment from God, this still small voice that speaks to you concerning what his plan is for your life. And so if we're faithful to the assignment, the assignment brings definition, brings impact, brings effectiveness to our life apart from all of the traps and the potholes that Satan wants to put in our lives. So let's keep moving here. I want to bring your attention to one other verse of scripture that I think is very appropriate for this particular segment. We'll get into some more things on next Friday. But it's uh, Romans 11 and 29. Now this verse of scripture has, um, oh man, this verse of scripture has been used so much. But we know it speaks about the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. The gifts and calling of God, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now notice the Bible differentiates the two. It says gifts and calling gifts and calling. So evidently it's possible for me to identify gifts without my calling, or I can know my calling and not know my gifts. Now God wants them ultimately together. That, that's his plan, that's his purpose. But there's so much misunderstood about this, and so let, let's unpack this for a second, and then this is where we're going we're gonna to close for the day. The word gifts is the, the Greek word charisma, and it means a favor. It means an endowment. Uh, it means, if you would, an empowerment. So when we're talking about a gift, we're talking about something you're endowed with, right, that you can do that's a supernatural endowment. It comes from God. You, you've been endowed to do it. We know people are endowed to, to sing, endowed to to act, endowed to administrate. Some people are endowed with a mind that is good for chemistry and, and, and for me medicine. We, we know that people are endowed with a brilliant mind concerning law in all kinds of different aspects of life. And so you can be endowed with different types of charisma. And, and notice it's, it's the Greek word charisma. And, I, and, I, and that's not by accident or by happenstance because every gift exerts influence. When someone's charismatic, they're influential. That's what we always say about them. They're influential because charisma exudes a certain amount of influence upon you when you encounter it. So charisma means a gift, and this gift exerts influence over people. Whenever you're functioning in your endowment, your charisma, it's going to affect people. It's going to affect people. It's going to influence people. And God meant for that to be so. But it doesn't just stop there. So we're not, we're not just talking about gifts or endowments, charisma, uh, influence, but we're also talking about calling. The word calling is klesis, a klesis in the Greek language. It means an invitation. It means to be invited, right? It means to be invited into something, just like you would send out an invitation for a birthday party. 
right? And you send out the invite, and the people who accepted the invite show up to the party. The people who, who had something else to do, they don't show up to the party. And so God gives us gifts, and then he invites us. <laughs> oh, my God. Hear me, child of God. Hear me. He gives us gifts, then he invites us. Now, now how does that go together, Pastor Iron? He gives you gifts, and then he invites you into his assignment for them. He will give you charisma, endowment, and then invite you into an eternal kingdom assignment that those gifts and endowments are for. And what I have found in life, I've discovered it in my own life in an earlier stage of my life, and I see it in other lives as a pastor, is people discover their gifts, but they don't always embrace the calling. So if you discover your gift and you don't embrace the invitation, the calling into the assignment, you take the gift and you try to make a life with it. You take the gift and you, try, and you run to the world with it. Because guess what? The whole world is looking for charisma. The whole world is looking for gifts. Everybody is after gifts. They want gifts in the White House. They want gifts in Hollywood. They're looking for gifts in all forms of entertainment. They're looking for gifts on the football field. They're looking for gifts on the basketball court. They're looking for gifts in the classroom. They're looking for gifts in every facet of life. Gifts are what make the world turn. The gifted, the endowed, those who have charisma. So the whole world is looking for it, and so is the devil. Because Satan is not the gift giver, he must co-opt the gifts given. Because Satan is not a gift giver, he can't do that, he must co-opt the gifts given. So he looks for the gifted, and he looks for the gifted to give them an alternative assignment for their gift. He says, man, you gifted. <laughs> he says, man, you're gifted. There's no reason for you to be accepting that invitation from God into that assignment for his kingdom. Here, you could be rich. You could be wealthy. You could be well-known. You could have this. You could have that. You could have all that this world has to offer if you would employ this gift outside of the Father's invite. Because the Father's invite is all about the kingdom, it's all about its advancement, and it's all about what Paul said, revealing of the Son. Right? So he says, I've given you, God says, I've given you these, these endowments, this charisma, these, 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 this influence, this ability to exert influence through these giftings. I've given you these for this assignment of revealing my Son. And that's what gifts do. But Satan comes along and says, yeah, but you know what? That gift could be used to not reveal the son. That gift could be used to lead a whole generation down another path. That gift could be used to make you extremely wealthy. That gift could be used to bring you a tremendous amount of personal exaltation and aggrandizement. And you can have your name up in lights if you'll just use the gift for me. And so we have this vying in our lives, this, this tug of war in all of our lives over our gifts. 
the father on one side who is the actual owner and giver of the gift. Every good and perfect gift comes from the father. Right. So we have the father on one side and he is vying for us to use this gift in the assignment he has for us. But then we have Satan vying for this gift, saying, man, what you could be, what you could become, what you could do if you use this gift in an alternative purpose or assignment. And this is the battle. This is the battle in the mind and in the heart and in the lives of so many people, because this is where. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding really comes into play. <laughs> because because if, you, if you lean to the flesh and to your own understanding, you see Satan's side of it. Oh, yeah. You, you'll, you'll see, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. But when you understand you have to trust God, when you accept his invite into his eternal assignment for your life, then you find the purpose for all of those endowments. You find the purpose for those gifts, and those gifts grow and they flourish. If you take the gift God gave you for the assignment he has for you, and you take that gift out of the God-given assignment, and you use the gift in something else, hear me, the gift is without repentance. So, God doesn't just come and snatch the gift from you because he intended for the gift to function in your life. But because the gift is not in its assignment, the gift begins to perish on its own. See, the Father don't have to snatch it from you. It's not where it's supposed to be. The gift isn't in the assignment. The gift is not in the call. The gift is not married to what the Father wants. Now, you separate anything from its source, what happens to it? It dies. It's only a matter of time that gift is going to start going down. And Satan, you know, he don't care. He, he doesn't care at all. And this is why we see these stories of lives ruined, tragic tales of, of lives that were, that were like shooting stars and then tragedy happens and they, they self-destruct and all kinds of addiction and all kinds of issues and problems. And we've seen people who had tremendous gifts. And then later in life, after so much of what the devil has done to them, their gift is a shell of what it used to be. Their grace is a, they, they can't even function in it, can't even do it really anymore because they took the gift out of its assignment. And when you get out there on the devil's ground, you no longer have guarantees. You, you no longer have this, this, this cocoon of protection around you. And here's the thing. Sometimes people even take their gift in the assignment they're in. But if you live a life of the flesh, you don't really keep the body under. You live according to the flesh, by the flesh, always carnal, never, never uh, embracing the process of sanctification from the world and never embracing the process of spiritual development and growth, right? Then all of a sudden the gift begins to suffer there as well, even if you're in the assignment, because you won't keep the body under. And so many people mess up their lives because of these things. And I made a decision. I made a determination before God that I was going to take what gifts, what charisma he gave me, and I was going to accept the invite and I want to know what it's like. I'm telling you, child of God, and I pray that you have this same passion. I want to know what it's like 
to marry God's call with God's gift and walk it out all the way to the end. Because I believe that the path of the just grows brighter and brighter. I believe if I stay faithful in the gift and the calling of God, that there is so much greater for me available than where I am right now. Oh, my goodness. And it's and it's and it's for his kingdom It's going to advance his kingdom and reveal the son. But man, it's also going to be a blessing to me because I'm his child. If if I walk this thing all the way out, <laughs> man, I'm so, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm about to get up out of this chair. If I if I walk this all the way out the way God has ordained what glory awaits, what power awaits, what manifestation of his presence and his influence for mankind to be saved awaits, what blessing awaits, what fellowship, what intimacy with the Father awaits if I'm faithful to walk out the gifts married to the assignment. Child of God, I implore you, I, I beg of you actually, if you're listening to this podcast, I beg of you, number one, you are gifted and you have an assignment, I beg of you, bring the two together and be faithful. Be consistent. Stay with it. Stay on the path. Yes, the path is narrow. Yes, it's different. There aren't many people on it. You're not going to look around and see a whole lot of company on God's path. <laughs> um, that's the Bible. I'm sorry. That's the word of God. Now, you get on Satan's path, which is broad, it's bumper-to-bumper traffic. I mean, it's everybody. And everybody's traveling and everybody's there and everybody's doing it and everybody's trying to make it the same way and do the same thing. But when you get in God's path, when you accept his invitation, I want that ringing in your heart and in your mind, accepting his invite into his assignment for your life. You watch what happens to your life. The gifts and the calling of God that without repentance, he's not going to change his mind about it. It's yours but you have to accept it. Man, that, that, I'm going to stop right there because uh, I've got so much to go. I've got about two pages to go, and I'm not even a, a third of the way in the first page. This subject requires attention. It requires time because there are so many truths in the Word of God that we have to accept and embrace so that we can start to walk in the fullness of His plan. Oh, what a plan it is. Oh, what a magnificent plan the Father has for you and for me. It's an amazing plan, but we've got to be willing to humble ourselves to do the plan. I believe you will. I know I've decided to do it, and I want you to join me. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining me on this particular podcast. Please tune in on next uh, Friday. We're going to keep moving forward in all of this stuff. We're going to be talking about the anointing on us, our, the measure of our assignments, the, what our assignment affords us, how it protects us, how it keeps us. And, man, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this. So share this with somebody that you know is a gifted person. And can I tell you, that's everybody. <laughs> somebody, everybody you know has got some type of gift, some type of grace and endowment from God, and they have an assignment for this life. So share this with them. If you believe it'll be a blessing to them, if it's been a blessing to you. And until next time, God bless, and I can't wait to see you next Friday.